Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery, and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years, and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today, I wanted to talk about a very common situation with home renovation projects, and that is living in the house while the work is going on. And of course, this can look like lots of different things depending on what you are doing to your home. So if it's a small renovation of a bathroom and you have other bathrooms, it may not be as invasive. But a lot of people are taking on much larger projects and choosing to stay in the home while the work is being done. And and I find that people are doing this for a variety of reasons. One, and probably the most common, is they think it's most convenient. Obviously, they don't have to move out. They don't have to pack anything up. They typically button up certain areas and sort of hunker down in another side of the house. And they think, well, that's enough. And then other people will stay in the house because they want to, quote, keep an eye on the guys, keep an eye on the work. And they think by being in the house, somehow the project will go smoother or there won't be any mistakes made. And then there are others who don't want to be any part of the project, and therefore they actually will move out and rent a VRBO or stay in an apartment with a short-term lease. And they think that that's the best solution. And to be honest, having done this for as long as I have, I haven't found the perfect solution because it sort of is your own threshold for pain and your own tolerance for change. What I do find is that most humans don't like change, even if it's going to be an amazing change, like some project that you're doing to your home that will allow you to live in your home differently or the way you'd always wanted to or the way you've always dreamed of. So let's break down these choices and see what could be your best fit. Let's say you are planning on staying in the home. I want you to choose staying in your own home for a more positive reason rather than to kind of keep an eye on the guys. Because as I've always said, if you do your research correctly and you do your homework and you check all of the references, you already know that you're hiring a professional team and and they shouldn't need to be babysat or they shouldn't need someone keeping an eye on them. They'll need someone to help manage the project, which is what we always go over. They'll need someone to make the selections for the project, which again, we cover extensively but they shouldn't need someone to babysit them. And I say this because if you do give them the impression that they need to be babysat, it really breaks down trust. They're wondering why you're walking into the situation, assuming the worst of them. And that just gives this cloud of suspicion over a project that nobody benefits from, especially you, the homeowner. So I want you to stay in the house for positive reasons, right? Because it's more convenient for you or the budget doesn't support 
renting somewhere and moving out of the house. Those are positive reasons to stay in a house. Now, if you do choose to rent, I would suggest finding something with a flexible move out date. Because as we've discussed, projects do run over. So if you are banking on three months in a rental and your project runs into a fourth month, you might be in a real bad spot of trying to move back into a house that isn't ready for someone to be living in and or in the situation where you didn't budget enough for that fourth month and now you're feeling stressed out because you're spending more money on a rental. So you really need to give that some thought. And that's, again, where your research on the right team to give you the confidence of, hey, I do think this project will take three months. And you have that conversation. Okay, you're telling me three months, but I'm going to rent. And this property is available for a fourth month. Do you see it going beyond the four months that we are using for the worst case scenario clause. And a decent contractor, a knowledgeable contractor will tell you this. Now, of course, as I'm recording this, we are coming out of, hopefully, the pandemic and supply chains are really stressed. And so some of the predictions that would have been rock solid a year and a half ago, um, the guys are unable to predict some of their lumber or plywood or appliances and their lead times. But for the most part, they should be pretty confident in knowing how long a project will run. And then of course, you always add in that extra space for the just-in-case. So most of my clients, I find, stay in the home. And they stay in the home for positive reasons, not because they need to babysit these people, but because it is more convenient for them for a whole host of reasons, from cost to children and not wanting to uproot them or pets or everything in between. So what we do at that stage is we really break it down. So for instance, we just renovated three bathrooms in a house that had four and a half bathrooms. So the family was able to move to one section of the house, their kids bunked in together, and they shared the one bathroom that we weren't renovating. So it was actually, in their situation, pretty ideal. They didn't have to travel in and out of the areas that were being renovated. Now, again, they went further. One of the bathrooms was the master bath. They went in and pulled their clothes out of their closet and put that in another section of the house so they didn't have to traipse in and out during the construction and, you know, carry the drywall dust and things on their shoes, et cetera, and basically move it around the house by accident. So that did work for them. Now, this couple went one step further and also rented a porta potty. Now, like I said, they have a half bath, but they knew that their little children were going to be using that half bath during the day, weekends, um, while they've been at home, mostly for school because of the pandemic. And they just realized, and we all sort of discussed together, that contractors and little kids using the same bathroom could get awkward. I've never seen a bathroom kept clean by contractors. It's inexcusable. I'm the first to say it, but it is also reality. So thinking you're going to get the one contractor group that keeps a clean bathroom 
will likely backfire on you. So they did get a porta potty. And again, it worked out beautifully. There was none of that friction or tension that comes from either awkwardness of knowing that they're using your bathroom or the dirty factor and then who's going to clean it. And, you know, that gets a little gross and a little awkward. So they actually took all of the right steps and they banked in and they budgeted for this porta potty. So again, it wasn't stressing their budget. They knew in advance the costs and they factored that into the entire cost of the project. Now, we've talked about the emotional stages of any project and these clients went through that. Now, to further complicate matters, it was the pandemic while we were doing this project. So everyone was working from home. So the husband was camped out in the dining room with his laptop and trying to host meetings during the day. And the contractors were upstairs banging away some days or traipsing through the house, opening and closing doors. And, you know, that's reality. But also we know that normally people who are working usually go to work and therefore they're not home all day long. So we, we definitely had to discuss carefully the working hours, for instance. This couple chose to have their contractors come on the early side. They often arrived around 7.30, but then they were finishing up around 3 because when their kids were in school, they'd be coming home from school at that time. And that gave the wife time to sort of tidy some things up, clean up surfaces so that there wasn't drywall dust or screws or nails or anything that could have been on the floor. And then when the kids came home, the house seemed, quote, as normal as possible. And that's how we figured out what would work best for them. Now, I had another client. She is moving into a house and we are gutting the master bath and going into the closet and creating this one big space. She has a guest bedroom and a guest bath. So we are planning to move her furniture into the master bedroom, covering it all up so that she doesn't have to pay any storage fees for it. And she is going to actually live in the guest bedroom and bathroom while the work is being done. Now we are in discussions right now about a porta potty. She does actually, it's an older home. So it's an interesting layout and they're actually is a bathroom that's pretty separated from the rest of the house that she's thinking she will identify as the contractor's bathroom. Now, if we move forward with that, we're going to create some rules. And those rules may include must wipe up surfaces after use. That could be done on a daily basis. That could be done as a per-use basis. I lean towards more per use because you may have an electrician, a plumber, and a contractor at the house at the same time. And so if the contractor is the last guy out for the day, in theory, he could be cleaning up after the electrician and the plumber. That's probably not something he's going to want to do and probably something that it's going to be hard to police from the homeowner's point of view. So now, will they follow these rules? I hope so. We would expect them to, but the good thing is if it's laid out, the expectations up front, it's something you can go back on and during one of your meetings and say, hey, listen, guys, that bathroom was really gross and and this needs to get cleaned up figuratively and literally. That gives them an opportunity to address it, recognize that it is truly important to you, and hopefully they would take better care of the bathroom going forward. Now, this woman does go out 
for work. And she has a slightly different work schedule. She doesn't usually go to work until about nine. So we're already discussing with the contractor. She doesn't really want them to show up much before eight or 8.30. And that so far seems to be working for the contractor. Now, there may be certain situations, certain trades that want to get in earlier just because that's the way their business is set up. And we will work with that. But if the contractor, he says, you know, I can get to my shop, I'll do a little bit of prep work and then be at the house between 8, 8 8.15, that gives this client time to get up, get showered, get sort of her day going before all these people descend upon her house. And that's going to help her mentally deal with the invasion that a home renovation project can feel like. Now, she also said, hey, I'm not home until five. So these guys can work a little longer and they actually are planning on that. And so therefore, everybody feels like they're getting a little bit of a win. And that's really important. It's important for the overall momentum of a job and keeps everyone's mindset kind of as a positive, we're working through this together. We're not just being told what to do. We're coming up with a plan that serves both the contractor's needs as well as the homeowner's needs. Now, I do have some clients start projects saying things like, you can work whenever you want, you can work as long as you want, you can even work weekends if that's what's going to speed up the project. I really hesitate doing that for a variety of reasons. One, I don't have a lot of contractors who prefer to work on weekends. Occasionally, some of the subs will like to pull a Saturday to, say, play catch up if something got delayed. But most of my contractors also have lives and they want off on the weekend. Plus, what they do for a living is physical work. So they're tired. They want to take a couple of days off. The second And possibly the more important point that I make to my client is they're going to need a break. Thinking that having guys coming and going seven days a week, nonstop to, quote, get the job done sooner is really going to be taxing. It really will weigh down on you that there is literally not one day ever that you can sort of hang out in your bathrobe in the morning and have a lazy cup of coffee. And I don't think people think that through enough. Now, a lot of the projects I'm on last months. So maybe you could do that for a couple of weeks and think, okay, just a couple of weeks, buckle down. I can just white knuckle through it. But most projects go on a lot longer than a couple of weeks. And once you've set this precedent, it's very hard to pull back. It's very hard to walk into a weekly contractor meeting and say, you know what, guys, it's not working for me. I now don't want you coming in on Saturdays and Sundays unless there's an exception because that contractor has actually scheduled accordingly and scheduled his guys based on what you had initially said. So my grandmother used to always say, start as you mean to continue. And I really believe in that saying. And I know it's hard to do, but the more you can think through, think about your personality, think about how you run through your days. Now, for instance, I'm a morning person. I would be fine if people came in early in the morning, but I have very close friends who are not morning people. And I would absolutely dissuade them from asking the contractors to start to come in early. One client comes to mind. She was a middle-aged woman living alone. And so she said, what do I care? They can come in early. 
Well, don't you know that she would wander around the house in her bathrobe because she was no longer working. She was newly retired. And a couple of my contractors were a little uncomfortable, quite frankly, with it. It made them feel uncomfortable that she wasn't up and dressed and basically ready to receive them. So these are things that, yes, it is your home. And yes, these contractors work for you. But I guess the best way to put it is, can you think of them a little bit like a guest? And now, obviously, this woman in her bathroom would never invite guests into her house and not be fully dressed. Now, I'm not saying you have to have your hair done and makeup on, but, you know, throw on some grubbies if if you haven't gotten dressed yet. Throw on some loungewear to at least make the contractors comfortable coming into the home. Now, this woman didn't care. I actually said something to her. I said, are these guys coming too early? Because I I understand you're often in your bathrobe because we can have them start coming a half hour later if that would make things easier on you. And she looked at me and she goes, no, don't care at all. She goes, I don't mind being in my bathrobe. And, you know, there's an awkward conversation because I wasn't quite asking whether she was comfortable in her bathrobe. I was trying to make the point that the guys weren't comfortable with her in her bathrobe. So, It does come down to really knowing where your pain points are, what really gets to you. And I don't think people do enough self-evaluation because we really do know what bugs us. Now, you need to be confident enough to admit it just to yourself. You don't have to admit to a contractor that things bug you, although it certainly doesn't hurt to let them know so they can also be working to avoid things like that and situations that get uncomfortable. But to know about yourself that you like a slow roll in the morning, don't ask your guys to show up at 7.30. See if they'll come closer to 8.15, 8.30. Now, some contractors might say, that doesn't work for us. And so that's a part of the conversation so early on that you either decide, you know what, this guy's schedule won't work for me. And I know this about myself. So therefore, he is not going to be the contractor for this project. And it really may come down to that because if you are working with this guy for four and five months, five days a week, that's going to be a lot of annoyance factor. And I can promise you it will build up over time and it won't end well. You'll either feel like you are sucking it up every day or you'll blow a gasket and the situation will become very uncomfortable going forward because after that, guess what? They're still coming. They're still coming the next day to do the work on your home unless you end up firing them, which we won't go into in this episode, but it is not a situation you want to enter into lightly. So to wrap things up, you're going to either stay in your home because it is the most convenient or the most cost-effective for you, but you are going to really truly think these things through. You're going to put provisions in place not only with time, but the areas of the house that you can be living in, specific rules for the contractor as far as what areas to leave clean at the end of each day. These seemingly tiny decisions will add up to a much more successful project, both mentally and physically, as the weeks go by and add on. Now, if you're going to be renting, not a bad idea if it fits inside your budget. Also keep in mind, just because you're renting does not mean you won't have rules for the contractors for your home. 
I have seen that situation where the contractors kind of go for a free for all, knowing that the homeowner isn't coming home or isn't sleeping in that house that night. That's not acceptable either and easy to lay out in advance of the project starting. I'm going to finish on the note of staying in the home, thinking that the job needs to be babysat is the wrong reason. And again, goes back to doing the proper research, checking those references, really feeling good about who you are bringing into your home to do the project likely of your dreams. If you do those steps, you won't need to babysit them. You won't feel like you have to babysit them. You will walk into a project confident that the right team is in place and that you are a part of that team. So as we've just gone over, there are lots of choices on how to live with or away from your project. And only you and your family will know what's best for your situation. But just know that research, looking into other places, budgeting for what you want to do, knowing what you're willing and capable of putting up with are all really important components that you should seriously consider long before the project starts. So this is one area that I touch upon in the course I created, Only Girl on the Job Site, that helps inform you of the decisions that need to be made, how best to go through the process of making these decisions so that you can move through this project as successfully as possible. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me at any time. And I thank you again for listening and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone as I assure you we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.devignedesign.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.